Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Well, what a happy new year for Knights fans. We got the biggest boom that you will probably see in the next 12 months. KJ Jefferson has committed to the Knights. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Charge On. As always, I'm your host, Sean Green. Before we get started, as always, a quick word from our sponsor, Bet Online. The only people that don't get time off this time of the year are pro athletes and us at Bet Online. With the NFL, bowl season, and NBA in full swing over the holidays, Bet Online isn't taking a second off to make sure you have all the up to the minute second odds, news, and info. Bet Online has all the sports wagering info available you need with both desktop and mobile access. Head there today to get into the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Probably the fastest ad read that I've ever done on this show, 96 episodes in. Uh, emergency pod on your New Year's Day. Didn't expect this uh, today of all days. Literally was thinking yesterday about when we're going to record this week. You know, again, Nick, we're th- I was thinking we're going to go through our uh, season rundown, talking about the depth chart, but you know, stuff happens, and today is one of those days as K.J. Jefferson has officially committed to UCF. Obviously, stuff needs to get signed. It's never a done deal until it's until he's officially listed on the roster. But this morning was kind of crazy, Nick. I mean, the Cam Ward stuff, we thought K.J. Jefferson would be then kind of courted by Miami with a huge NIL deal. That was kind of the backup option for Miami. And 20 minutes after that, KJ Jefferson said, nope, hold my beer. I'm going to announce I'm going to uh, UCF. So kind of give your uh, happy new year, first of all. Um, give your your quick, just immediate thoughts on this huge boom on New Year's Day. I mean, I, I like it a lot. Uh, when, when KJ hit the portal, like, you know, I was saying to myself, because I haven't been on like a few weeks, so I haven't been able to even like talk. I think he's, I haven't been on since he's actually entered the portal. Yeah. So I never even got to even like put my thoughts about KJ, but I was always a big fan of KJ. And I thought even going into like this year at Arkansas, after the previous two years, I thought, man, this guy's a sneaky, like NFL draft talent, like not like crazy, like top two rounds or anything, but a sneaky little, like there's some good tools there. Tough year at Arkansas. There's really no way of getting around that. I didn't think KJ still played that I don't think he played like terribly or bad or anything. I thought he was, it wasn't the 2021 season or the 2022 season, but it was still an admirable job in a tough circumstance. And coming to UCF, I already know, I've been seeing it. I know you have too. The comparisons to to Cam Newton, let's let's pump the brakes uh, just a little bit. I understand that they are the same size and there's some play style similarities, but he's not Cam Newton. Please don't be expecting Cam Newton. Um, but I'm really excited. Um, you know, it's nothing against JRP, but this is a guy who's coming in and, and JRP really didn't have as much experience. You know, you forget he only had one year of playing quarterback like game time at Ole Miss when he got here. And so even though he was an older, you know, player by tenure necessarily, he still like these were a lot of his like, you know, he's still getting his reps in. KJ has seen it all. He played in the SEC, obviously, um, and he's had a lot of big time performances. So 
coming now to UCF and and we're going to, I know we're doing like a quick pod here, but I mean, I might as well just say it. Kobe Hudson's back too. Uh, yep, Javon yep, Baker. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That happened like literally 20 minutes after <laughs> Kobe Hudson's coming back. Uh, Javon Baker already announced it, that he was coming back. We'll see if that holds and RJ Harvey. So on paper, my goodness, I mean, you can make an argument that UCF is going to be in play for having the best offense, I think, next year in the Big 12. That's my on-the-surface thoughts right now of how K.J. Jefferson could change things here. And he's a very accurate passer as well, which I, I love. Yeah, I, I literally said on the, of course, the last pod, I was basically just, the entire pod was just me talking about the possibility of K.J. Jefferson to UCF. And I said, uh, people don't give him enough credit for his passing ability. He is a more than capable passer of the football. But again, people just love to fall in love with the idea of, again, the Cam Newton 2.0 aspect. But I find it very interesting, Nick. Let's We could talk, we'll get into KJ, but this quarterback cycle, I mean, this is going to be kind of the new, this new age college football transfer quarterback portal, you know, all of this stuff, right? They were in on Grayson McCall, they lose out, right? They lose out to NC State. You then kind of look at yourself and you're like, where does UCF go from here? And then KJ Jefferson enters the portal. I think this it's an interesting thing because you hear a lot of reports coming out that he wanted top 10 transfer money, right? That was a lot of the reports is KJ Jefferson wanted to be paid in NIL like a top 10 quarterback. You looked at Miami and said, if Cam Ward does not go there, Miami's going to push because Miami needs a quarterback. I, I say UCF and Miami are in a very similar situation. They kind of need a bridge guy or they need a guy for one to two years to kind of bridge the gap into their younger guys. So the this assumption was Miami's going to go after him hard. UCF's going to go after him hard. Now, you mentioned KJ Jefferson had not that good of a, a year last year, but I think, again, if you watched any Arkansas games, the offense was not catered to him at all. It was a new offensive coordinator, and guess what? He got fired halfway through the year because of right. the offense that he chose to run at Arkansas. So he did K.J. Jefferson no favors. Nick, do you think, obviously, I'm assuming Miami came to K.J. and offered him, unless I don't know what NIL deal he's getting with UCF, but I'm assuming it was bigger than UCF's. K.J. Ooh, my- probably could have gone into the league last year, right? Like, he could have. If he wanted to, he had two good years of football in the SEC, he right. would have get, got drafted probably fourth round, fifth round. Right, and I think Do the size, think, I was going to say, like in the size and the dual yeah. threat, I think he was definitely going to be a prospect. No, 100%. Do you think this decision to come to UCF, all of the talking heads talking about how exciting a Gus Malzahn offense with KJ would be, the obviously the comparisons to Cam and how that offense was run, do you think that was basically the selling point for KJ to be like, I'd rather go to that knowing I'm going to put up numbers at UCF this year, whereas at Miami, no offense to the Hurricanes, but not really the offensive style that KJ Jefferson wants to run. And when you only have one more year, you need to make the most of it. And that's ultimately, do you think that's ultimately why he chose the Knights here? Well, I mean, I'm sure that UCF threw up a, a good nil budget at him okay i don't want to sell it short i'm sure he got he's getting compensated pretty well um but yeah i mean you look at miami and by the way cam ward entered he's going to the nfl draft which was an interesting decision um so now miami they were going to pivot to to kj jefferson and, and malachi nelson i believe from usc 
and KJ held true to, you know, he already had taken the visit to UCF, it looks like, and developed the relationship with the staff. Like you said, being in a Gus Malzahn offense, which certainly suits his style of play, but I still think, I, I don't think he gets, like you said, I don't think he gets enough credit for how good he is as a passer. Like he's not like one of the guys that, like John Rice, I think his skill, his best skill was his running ability. And you saw when that was taken away from him this year, what it looked like. Yeah. KJ, I think, is a passer first, runner second. If you kind of look at his numbers and you watch the games, I think that kind of holds true. But certainly, if he has to go and run, he can do that as well. I, I tell you what, what it really tells me is, you know, the pressure almost goes to Gus Malzahn a little bit, I think. You think? Because, I mean, yeah. this is the guy that if you were building a Gus Malzahn quarterback – you would build it in the mold of a guy like KJ Jefferson. And he's coming in with all this experience and all this great play at Arkansas, which is not a easy place to, to win necessarily in the SEC. And for two years, he at least did that. Right. Yeah. So I think the pressure kind of goes to Gus Malzahn and this coaching staff to get this last year out of him and to make it work. Because like I said, with all these offensive pieces coming back, I mean, we've been talking about this is going to be a slow build kind of in the, in the big 12, but trying to build off what you did this year, you look like you're in a much better spot this next year now with KJ. And you mentioned it too, like missing out on Grayson and then KJ enters the portal. KJ Jefferson's a better quarterback than Grayson McCall. Like your backup option ended up being better than your, your first option. And would you agree with that? I think when you're looking at the UCF offense and the quarterbacks that Gus has had in his tenure, yeah, I mean, KJ's well, a I'm just taking into fit. account, like, not taking away from Grayson. I would have loved Grayson as well. But One's playing Alabama every yeah, one's or almost playing every Alabama year. And, and, you know, all these other schools in the SEC every single week, and the other one's playing, I don't even know, right? Can't tell you. There's, there's <laughs> a little bit of a difference there. That's it. And so KJ's the more proven commodity, but... Yes, I think there's a little bit of pressure on Gus Malzahn to really get it right kind of this year because now you have this guy. You got him here. You were able to hold off Miami, which to the point of Miami, I don't, if you're a court, like if you're a player in general, like NIL is going to be always there in front of your face. I get that. But Mm -hmm. as a program, UCF right now is set up better for the future than Miami is at the moment because the Big 12 has more of a future than the ACC at this juncture, I think. And I mean, you saw Tyler Van Dyke, the regression he had at Miami this year. It was crazy. And they have no atmosphere and they have no like zero. Like UCF is almost like checking the the boxes. I mean, obviously Miami just brought in the third ranked recruiting class. So there's perspective there, but yeah, I I think it, it shows you that UCF where they're at right now, they can land big time talents from the portal. Well, and I think as an offensive player, and you mentioned Miami and all that comes with that, Miami's recruited well for a long time. It's nothing new that Miami's had a top 10 recruiting class. That's, they always that's have been a lot the of talent. From, that's the thing. They have the talent. It's just they've never been able to put it together over the last couple decades. Um, they haven't been able to do that. And listen, I you know, I think when you looked at it from a wide-ranging view and you looked at, okay, Miami or UCF for KJ Jefferson. Listen, you have one year. You have one year left in your college football career. And this one year is crucial. It's the difference between being a 
sixth-round pick, or fifth, sixth-round pick, to potentially a, a, a first-day or second-day pick. Like, right. And that's legitimately because, and, and listen, I think there's, if you didn't, if you lose out on Javon, RJ Harvey doesn't come back, Kobe Hudson doesn't come back, I think you probably don't see KJ maybe make that easy of a decision. I think then you're looking at a bunch of transfer wide receivers. You're looking at an unproven running back. It's it's a little bit more of a toss up. You see, you mentioned it, Nick. UCS offense this year. Granted, everybody stays healthy. Everybody signs on the dotted line. Everybody comes back. Find me a better Big Twelve offense returning. I mean, I Oklahoma State because you're getting Ollie Gordon and you're getting cut like it, maybe, but UCF had. They already had two of the top five receivers in yards in the Big 12. You're getting those I guess, back. I guess you if have you're a top counting, back. I mean, are you counting the programs that are coming in as well or just the ones that were just no, here already? No, I, yeah, I didn't think about the programs coming in. But yeah, I was thinking like, about this season, the Big 12, easily the best returning um, or coming yeah, in. Yeah, like it would appear that way. I was going to say like of the, of the programs that are coming in, like Colorado still has a lot of talent, like at the skill positions and obviously Utah, the quarterback. Obviously. They can fin- if they can fix out the offensive line, Utah is going to get Cam Rising back, I believe. So they yeah, should be better. Scary. And then Arizona just had a, a banner year and they're coming in. So there's going to be some other good offenses out there. But the fact that, you know, Javon, Kobe and RJ, this is going to be their third year playing together in this system. And, you know, Javon just became a thousand yard receiver. Kobe was right there behind him. And RJ is going to be, I think, probably on the Doak Walker watch list going into the season. I, there's no doubt about yeah, easily. that. Easily. Um, you really just need to figure out the quarterback position. So it's all right there for you to almost accelerate kind of this build into the Big 12, so to say. And that's the that's the beauty of the portal. You can you can do it like that as a temporary stopgap. And, and by the way, bringing in KJ, someone with his experience, you no longer have to force it next year. Like, listen, if you if Timmy was the quarterback next year and I thought Timmy, I thought the world of him. But you're probably spinning your tires a little bit with Timmy if he was your yeah. quarterback. And then the other guys, whether it's Rist, Trujillo and uh, Coles, I mean, you don't want to have to put those guys in that situation. No. I mean, now you have experience across the board. At this point. And, and for all the people, because there are UCF fans, that after the episode I posted last week, there was many that said, no, just go with the young the young kids, you know, throw them out there. And I, I said, like, listen, I understand that thought process because y- you went from John Rice to now you're going to go to another transfer. Winner, you have to start developing. This, Nick, is the perfect they did this specifically to get that bridge guy. A guy that, listen, I said the second year in the Big 12, and we both know this, the second year in the Big 12 is far more important and crucial than the first year. The first year, you have no expectations. You're coming into a new conference. You went six and seven, and you still somehow have people looking at you and saying, UCF's going to take a big leap next year. Right. If you don't take a big leap, just say we let's just say they won one extra game. Then the view of the program starting to take go on a little bit of a downward here. You can have all the best recruiting classes. You can have all the best players on a roster. But if you're not taking those leaps, 
it, yeah. it, the, the viewpoint shifts. And, and this is a good thing, by the way. This is a good thing for Dylan Risk, and this is a good thing for Riley Trujillo, and this is a good thing for EJ Colson. Don't mistake that. These guys are going to get to sit and learn and look at what it what it looks like to have a a standout quarterback, and they're going to see how this guy runs this offense, which I have I like to think he's going to step in and it's going to just be natural to him, right? So this is a good thing. I think the plan at quarterback now becomes apparently clear. You have the one-year stopgap with K.J. Jefferson, and then I would probably say going in after this season, then realistically you want to find out what you have in one of those three guys and if that's going to be your guy moving forward. No, 100%. And I think this is going to be the year to do it. Like the coaches know that. Um, I would assume Timmy McLean after this season will transfer out or he might transfer now. I, I have no idea, but I don't foresee Timmy staying and then, you know, trying to be the quarterback in 25. I think it's going to be one of those three in risk Colson or Trujillo. It's going to be one of those three. I know everybody loves the the EJ Colson thought of him potentially the kids 17 years old. He's going to have a bright future in college athletics. There's no question. But you mentioned it, Nick. This is going to be the perfect opportunity for them to sit this year, have the practices, learn from a true pro that's been in the SEC for however many years, going to go to the NFL, especially, it'd be hard to imagine if he stays healthy and is in this UCF offense, KJ's going to put up numbers. He's going to put up numbers, uh, especially heading into this Big 12 season where, listen, there's going to be some good teams UCF is playing. But you're missing out on a lot of teams that you definitely don't want to see uh, when it comes to especially uh, running backs. You're not going to see any of the top running backs from last year's uh, Big 12 in next year. So you still have some tough games. You still have to play Utah, still have to play Colorado. uh, You still have some tough games on that schedule. But I mean, I think everybody in the Big 12, all the teams that just saw that news today and that look on their phone and see KJ Jefferson tonight went... Yeah, it's going to be a tough out for UCF, especially to stop them on offense. Run game's a different story. We have no idea. The imp- There's so many more things we'll talk about on you know Thursday's episode. But if you just look at offensively, I mean, it's going to be tough, just like this year. It was tough for anybody to stop UCF, and it's going to be tough to stop KJ Jefferson and Gus Malzahn. Absolutely. Um, and I, I've been like reading so much stuff about KJ here like and we're recording this like within the hour that he committed by the way so we're still like learning on the fly almost about KJ and researching and and you know I see there's like a quote going out there a video and Nick Saban was like giving him like a lot of praise this year did you did you see the did you know the play that happened this year right where they played Alabama yeah he just throw yeah insane and Nick Saban's yeah. literally literally says it was like a tick on a cow's ass. Just flick the tick off the cow's ass. Like right. I've never this seen anything like, like this. This guy was like dragging Arkansas to a, a near victory over Alabama, who in you know a time of recording in an hour and a half is going to play a, a, a college playoff <laughs> right now. So I, I'm just I'm really excited. If you're a UCF fan, you should be really excited about it. I think the quarterback position I think is in much better hands going forward. I, I really believe that there's an actual plan right here, and now you just need to go execute it. And I, I can't wait for, what is it, August 31st? Can't wait for oh. it to get here now. There's a lot to look forward to. I can't wait for with. the spring game. You kidding me? I can't wait for April. Just give me to right? April. Let me just see him in a, a Space U uh, jersey and running out. Oh, my gosh. I, that might be, honestly, because I know the spring games aren't really too packed. 
I think this 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 upcoming one might be a little packed if he ends up uh, playing a couple snaps. He might not, but you have to think that fans will show up for that. But um, on three posted an article. Obviously, all credit uh, on this one goes to Pete Nakos. He's he had it. I mean, a week ago, I posted a video. He was on a pod uh, with Andy Staples, and he called it UCF's the front runner. UCF's the leader. Uh, which got UCF fans excited. He posted an article. He's had it for the last week or so. Uh, he said in the article, with five years of experience with the Razorbacks, he's one of the most established names at his position in the sport. He's thrown for 7,923 yards and 67 touchdowns with just 18 interceptions. The former four-star recruit in the class of 2019 has 39 starts, touting a 20-19 and 19 overall record. UCF has been aggressive in the quarterback market this portal, portal cycle, hosting Coastal Carolina transfer Grayson McCall. Um, let's go down. Miami and TCU were also in the mix to land Jefferson. The Hurricanes hosted Kansas State transfer Will Howard and Washington State transfer Cam Ward. UCF has its quarterback in KJ Jefferson, though, giving the Knights a veteran starter with experience in the SEC. And that's gonna that's basically it. There's a lot more questions. There's a lot more questions that need to be answered, especially on the defensive side of the football. Um, but I think ultimately. Florida Gator fans just started crying on their New Year's Day because it you got a guy that's probably gonna come in and, and beat Florida this year. That's that's I'm I'm early. If everything stays the way it's supposed to, I personally see a win in the swamp in 2024. Nick, final thoughts. Huge day. Huge day for UCF. Again, anything can happen. We have no in college football, until I see him in a UCF shirt on a UCF podium we don't know but right seems pretty legit him posting he didn't need to post today if he was thinking about going to Miami or anywhere else so he could have waited but he he's choosing to come to UCF now what's your your final thoughts on this yeah kind of like I've been saying it's very exciting and you know of of the returning quarterbacks in the big 12 and what it's going to look like I think he's probably a pretty easily a top five guy in that conference right now um, I love the Avery Johnson at Kansas State. Obviously, he's going to get the reins this year over there. Um, I like this Rocco Beck at Iowa State as well, who played really well as a freshman this year. Um, so Iowa State's going to be, I think, even better next year. But KJ Jefferson, that is it. That gives you a shot. That gives you a shot. And with all the returning talent that's going to be around him, I mean, we'll see what the we'll see what the offensive line looks like. I know that there's always going to be shuffling there. Yeah. And defensively, and yes, obviously defensively, they've got to be better. But at least on the on the offensive side, um, I, I fully expect UCF at the moment to field one of the better offenses, not just in the Big 12, but in the, in the country. Yeah, we didn't even think, talk about that. UCF's returning three starting offensive linemen so far. Uh, that's going to be massive, especially, you know, heading into next year with a veteran quarterback. But... Uh, you mentioned it earlier, Nick, and these are kind of my final thoughts. This is, you know, a huge year for Gus Malzahn, right? I mean, you're bringing in a guy that everybody's expecting to light up huge numbers. You're now expecting. Uh, every Big 12 team now is just expecting UCF to be in the mix. Now, in the Big 12, there's a good amount of teams in the mix uh, to go to that Big 12 championship. But UCF's in the mix. If you're looking at teams, they're one of the top five teams in the Big 12 heading into next year, just on roster alone and outlook. So if you're Gus Malzahn, year two is heavily crucial. Not saying it's, you know, if it's a down year, it's Gus Malzahn is going to get fired. Now, I'm not saying that, but it's a, if you don't overperform 
if you don't achieve what kind of people are the expectations people are putting on this team, it's a we need to start looking heavily into the future and what's going on. But you can't discredit and you can't not look at the way that Gus Malzahn has recruited, how the staff has recruited, and to get a guy like KJ Jefferson to come to UCF in year two of the Big 12 is massive. We're going to talk more on this episode or this week's episode of Charge On. We're going to drop that on Thursday uh, and we'll go into it all. We'll talk Kobe Hudson, RJ Harvey, Javon Baker all returning. Uh, We should have some more news on some more stuff heading in on Wednesday uh, regarding UCF and Portal and all that. That's what we've been hearing is Wednesday. There potentially could be some more news regarding the roster. So we'll talk about that. And again, we'll talk about some of the roster, some of the pieces on the roster that need to be improved in the portal. Again, January 3rd is the the date that the floodgates open back up in the transfer portal. So Wednesday will will be interesting. Uh, Who enters, who comes. So that should be fun. But we will bring you an episode on Thursday. KJ Jefferson is a knight. Let us know down in the comments what you guys think of it. If you like it, if you wanted to go young, let us know. Please like, subscribe, comment, share. Do all that you do. We greatly appreciate it. Go Knights. Charge on. This has been Charge On presented by Bet Online. We will see you this week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.